Hey friend, and welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, I am sharing a replay from our Beyond the Booze Facebook group. I've been going on live on Mondays for the month of January for our Devoted and Dry January challenge. And so this past week, I shared um, some different stories about the different ways that Jesus healed people And I thought it was a really interesting Bible study because Jesus healed people in so many different ways. And I know a lot of us are wanting God to heal us from um, binge drinking and just to to take the desire away. Um, I know that that's kind of like what I wanted in the beginning and God has taken that desire away, but as you'll see in this Bible study, it's not right. It's, it's a process and the process looks different for everybody. Sometimes it is instantaneous and sometimes it's, you'll see it's, it can be messy. It, um, it just looks different. And I just hope that this Bible study encourages you. And if you have any insights that you'd like to share, I'm going to share this episode in the Facebook group and create a thread in there. So come join us over in the Beyond the Booze Facebook group, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. I hope this episode is edifying and just encourages you in your faith and your sobriety journey. Hey, friend. Welcome to Beyond the Booze. I'm your host, Victoria Plummer, daughter of the Most High, wife, boy mom, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. I know that you are sick of wallowing in shame after another night of binge drinking. I know that you want to quit, but you can't imagine a life without alcohol. My mission is to set you free from the lies, fears, and habits that are keeping you stuck in a toxic relationship with alcohol. In this podcast, you'll learn about spiritual growth, personal development, healthy lifestyle habits, and recovery education so that you can start living a life you love. If you're ready to take your power back, grow in your faith, and live a more purposeful life, you are in the right place. Whip up your favorite mocktail. Let's do this. So I'm going to be in John 5. I have a couple stories that I want to read. And really the reason I want to read it is because um, to me it's just amazing to see all the different ways that Jesus healed people. Um, Because I know a lot of us, you know, are looking for that healing. And often, you know, like Jesus doesn't heal in the same way. Like a lot of, you know, people want to be healed instantly like they're just like god just like take this desire from me like i don't you know like if you want me to be healed then just heal me this way like heal me on my terms (laughs) um heal me how i want to be healed so i i thought it would be fun to like read some of the scripture and like what you know yeah like just the different ways that jesus is healing people Um, And we can glean some things from that. So I wanted to share that. So I'll be in John 5. I'm going to go ahead and start this one. I think it's it says it's his third sign healing the sick. All right. So it says I'll go ahead and start. 
at verse 1. After this, a Jewish festival took place, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate in Jerusalem. There, It's called Bethesda in Aramaic, which has five colonnades. Within these lay a large number of disabled, blind, lame, and paralyzed. Okay, immediately I just got the image of like, you know, a lot of the downtown metropolitan areas. There's just like, there's these certain areas that you see like a ton of homeless people. Um, and, and that's just kind of the vision that that I got. So this is like probably what that looks like a lot. It says like a lot of blind, lame, and parrot disabled um, people lay there. Verse 5, one man was there who had been disabled for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and realized he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the disabled man answered, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, someone goes down ahead of me. I'm just going to pause there real quick just to um, just share a little bit. So the man had been paralyzed or disabled for 38 years. That's like two years older than me now. So that, that's a long time. Let me, if you have any insights as I'm reading, feel free to drop them in. Um, and then it says when he had, you know, Jesus saw him lying there, realized he had been there for a long time. He asked him, do you want to get well? And I feel like right now, that's such a great question to ask. Um, if, if you're considering, um, you know, after dry January is over, like considering what you want, I feel like that's the question that Jesus is asking. Do you want to get well? That's his question he's giving us, you know. And then so the disabled man, you know, replies, Basically, he doesn't give him a yes or a no, but he says that, you know, he's, he's, it sounds like he's tried to heal himself or he's tried to get the healing himself. Um, it doesn't say it here, but the pool that he was talking about where the water is stirred up um, is a pool like that's, it's like a healing pool, but the person who gets into the water first is the one who gets the healing. And so it says, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, which is when you're supposed to get in. The first person who gets in gets the healing. And then he says, but while I'm coming, someone goes down ahead of me. So he's been trying to get healed on his own or he's been, yeah, you know, on his own trying to get to the pool. Um, but someone goes down ahead of me. So then Jesus says, get up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man got well picked up his mat and started to walk. And I'm just gonna stop there. Um, and this is so funny because I was literally praying about this before I got on, um, just about what God wanted me to share about. So this man has been disabled for 38 years. He's never been able to get up. <laughs> But Jesus tells him to get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And then instantly the man got well and picked up his mat and started to walk. I'm just, I don't know, you know, how that happened, but the fact that he got up, he picked up his mat, and he started to walk. 
the thing I was praying about is like the power of belief. The man had to believe that Jesus had the power to heal him in order for him to be able to like have the faith to stand up and walk. And I feel like that is, you know, if anybody wants to chime in, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Um, but I love that. Like just, that's just so good that Jesus told him to get up and pick up his mat and walk. And then instantly the man got well, picked up his mat and started to walk. It wasn't like Jesus lifted him up and did the work for him. The, the dude, you know, the man believed, um, I'm going to see if there's any commentary before I um, move on. Yeah, I don't see anything else, but feel free to drop any comments. And I think just for time's sake, I'm going to read one more story. And it's going to be the one about Lazarus. Because I really thought this one was really awesome, too. <laughs> well, I feel like there's another one that I wanted to read, but let me see if I can find it. Ooh, okay, I wanted to read this one, too. It's in chapter 9 about Jesus healing the blind man. So, okay, I'll start, yeah, on verse 1. As Jesus was passing by, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus said, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. This came about so that God's work might be displayed in him. We must do the work of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in this world, I am the light of the world. After he said these things, he spit on the ground, made some mud from the saliva, and spread the mud on his eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he left, washed, and came back seeing. His neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar said, isn't this the one who used to sit begging? Some said, he's the one. Others were saying, no, but he looks like him. He kept saying, I'm the one. So they asked him, then how are your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes and told me, go to Salome and wash. So when I went and washed, I received my sight. Where is he? They asked. I don't know, he said. Okay, this one is so, like, jam-packed. <laughs> um, feel free to drop any insights that you're getting. Um, but I just... Um, I just want to share some of the major ones that I'm noticing. Let's see. Yeah, so... Jesus spit on the ground, made mud, and rubbed the mud on his eyes. And we saw, like, in the last story that he he just said, get up, get well. Like, you know, like, Jesus probably could have just put his eye, hand on the man's eyes and, like, prayed for him and his sight, 
would have been restored. But for whatever reason, Jesus chose to heal him in a different way. And I feel like that's like a lesson for us too. Like that sometimes our healing might be dirty. <laughs> we might have to get some mud in our eyes or on our eyes. Um, and it's not going to be just this instantaneous, like get up and walk, take your mat and walk. And you're like instantly healed. It's going to be like a, Jesus is going to tell you to do something. Maybe it's this devoted and dry January. And then he's going to tell you to go wash in, you know, this river. Like, I don't know what it's going to look like. It might look like, you know, joining another program. It might look like something else, but sometimes it's not just so it's not like an instantaneous healing and whatever that looks like you know it, it doesn't have to be sobriety it could be something else you know but i just love that he you know he healed him in this way that was just not what you would expect and yeah and then he also he had the faith you know, he had the faith to follow through with what Jesus said. There's another story um, back in the Old Testament where like this, I think the guy's name's Nahum, maybe. But one of the prophets, you know, he has leprosy. And one of the prophets tells him to go like wash in, I don't know where, so I'm not going to butcher it. But he tells him to go wash in like a river or, yeah, like a river, like 10 times. And the guy was so like disgruntled about it. He was like, he didn't want to go through the process of healing and like washing himself 10 times. He wanted like the prophet to just like speak a word and heal him instantly. But he still did it, but he did it like begrudgingly. He still got healed eventually, but he was just like, you know, why do I have to do this process? Like, I just want it immediately. But, um, but this man, you know, he took Jesus at his word. He left and, you know, washed in that pool. And he came back seeing. He got the healing. Um, the last thing that I noticed that I thought was so cool was that the people didn't recognize him after Jesus healed him. Like, it doesn't say that he, like, it's not like Jesus, it's not like he was laying down crippled. He was just blind. And so the fact that, like, that people didn't recognize him. I just thought was really cool because like after Jesus heals you and gets a hold of you, like to some people you might not be recognizable anymore. Like for me, like 10 years ago, whenever I, before Christ, like I would be completely unrecognizable to some of you. <laughs> like you would not, like I was a hot mess, you know? So, but it's just, it's just really cool to see that how, um, how the people didn't recognize the blind man after Jesus restored his sight. All right, and I'm gonna just share one more story that I really, really loved, and this one was about Lazarus. Excuse me, we're in um, John 11. Now a man was sick, Lazarus from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his hair, I'm sorry, wiped his feet with her hair. And it was her brother Lazarus who was sick. 
So the sisters sent a message to the Lord. Lord, the one you love is sick. When Jesus heard it, he said, This sickness will not end in death, but it is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after that, he said to the disciples, Let's go to Judea again. Rabbi, the disciples told him, Just now the Jews tried to stone you, and you're going there again? Jesus answered, Aren't there twelve hours in a day? If anyone walks during the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks during the night, he does stumble, because the light is not in him. He said this, then he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm on my way to wake him up. Then the disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will get well. Jesus, however, was speaking about his death, but they thought he was speaking about natural sleep. So Jesus then told them plainly, Lazarus has died. I'm glad for you that I wasn't there so that you may believe, but let's go to him. Then Thomas said to his fellow disciples, let's go too so that may, we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, less than two miles away. Many of the Jews had come to Mary and Martha to comfort them about their brother. As soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Yet even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Your brother will rise again, Jesus told her. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who comes into the world. Having said this, she went back, called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. As soon as Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with him... I'm sorry, the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw that Mary got up quickly and went out. They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to cry there. As soon as Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and told him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her crying and the Jews who had come with her crying, he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Where have you put him? He asked. Lord, they told him, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, couldn't he, have op couldn't he who opened the blind man's eyes also have kept this man from dying? And I'm just going to pause there because I just when I was reading this slowly on my own, which I recommend, you know, anyone to go back and read these stories on your own and just like, oh, what's the word? Like pour over the passage, just 
slowly read it. You know, I, I feel like sometimes we try to get through so much, but if we just like really sit and meditate on just like one passage or, you know, one paragraph, like we can draw out so much from it. But so Jesus wept after he saw him that Mary was so upset about her brother dying. Like he was deeply moved. Um, and he cried. Like, I just love that, that Jesus wasn't afraid to show his emotions that he, you know, he expressed his emotions without sin. You know, he didn't, um, you know, it says like in your anger, do not sin. Like that's like a, a passage in the Bible somewhere. Um, but it doesn't say like, don't be angry. It says in your anger, don't sin. And so like in your, whatever emotion you're feeling, like don't sin. That's like the encouragement. It doesn't say don't feel your emotions, um, or don't express emotion. So anyways, yeah, Jesus wept. He, you know, he had compassion for them. Like he, he mourned with them. Um, he grieved with them. Like, and I just feel, I find so much comfort in knowing that when I'm grieving and whenever I'm like distraught and I'm hurting that Jesus sees me and he has compassion for me. Um, and I, I just, you know, I just find so much comfort in that. Um, okay, so verse 38, we're almost done here. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Remove the stone, Jesus said. Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, there is already a stench because he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? There it is again. He says, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know that you always hear me. But because of the crowd standing here, I said this so that they may believe you sent me. After he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, bound hand and foot with linen strips, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unwrap him and let him go. And so I'm in this Bible study. And so we've been really just mulling over this passage and, you know, pulling so much out of it. And I just wanted to share some of that. So Lazarus had been dead in the tomb for four days and there was a stench. And it was like, you know, Jesus had stayed where he was for two days because he know that like, and it said, I'm sorry, I'm kind of all j jumping back, but it said, it said back earlier in the passage that he had stayed where he was for two more days because he loved them. And it was just kind of like, what? Like, why would you stay two more days if you love them? Where does it say it? Sorry. It's in verse, verse five and six. It says that, so when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. And it, it said, now Jesus loved Martha, 
his her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that they were that he was sick, he stayed two more days, and it just was like he loved them so much that he wanted to be sure that they believed in him, and that you know that this miracle was for the glory of God. It was so that people would see this miracle and believe. He was dead in the tomb for four days. There was like no doubt that this man was completely dead. This was a completely hopeless situation, except for Jesus, right? Like, and I just think that this is such a great metaphor for like, whether it's us and we feel like our situation is completely hope hopeless, or there's a situation where we see someone and we're like, they are just too far gone. Like there's like no way. I think this is such a great reminder that, you know, like Jesus like wanted them to think that this situation was hopeless. He wanted them to think, you know, like that, that this guy, he was dead. Like he, he wanted everyone to know that was going to witness this miracle that only a miracle could, you know, raise this man from the dead. There, there, there was like no question that this man was dead. And so I think there's such an encouragement there that sometimes our situations that we think are completely hopeless, God can turn it around, um, which he does, right? He, he goes to the uh, tomb, calls Lazarus out, which I feel like this is such... This is for us, like who have been called, right? Like Gab, you've been called, like you're, we were asleep. We were sleepwalking through life and then God called us by name. Oof, Lazarus come out. You know, he, he called us by our name. And then when he, he came out, then after you're called, then he strips away the grave clothes. I just love that part. Like, he doesn't tell you to get it all together before you get called. Like, we don't get called because we have it all together. Like, Jesus calls us, and then he strips off our old man, our old ways. He strips it off. And that's part of, like, what sobriety is. It's stripping off that old man. He's We're, you know, our old self becoming and stepping into our new self. And so... This is what Lazarus experienced in a way. We experience it in a different way. Obviously, he was like dead, dead, literally. <laughs> but for us, we were dead in our sins. We were dead. Um, we were sleepwalking through life. And then Jesus called us out. And then he told us, you know, like, or he's telling the people to unwrap him and let him go. So he's unwrapping, taking off the grave clothes. And we're walking in freedom and this resurrected life um, that Jesus came to give us, uh, this new life. Um, yeah, let me know if you have any thoughts, any comments about this, but I just thought that that was so awesome. I loved this Lazarus story. Um, but yeah, I think that's it for today. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts on these passages that I shared, any insights you have. Um, if you want to come back and, you know, leave comments, I would love to see it. But other than that, I hope you have a great week. Let me know if you 
yeah, if you're watching the replay, I would love to hear your thoughts. All right. Have a beautiful day, a beautiful week, and I will catch you soon.